0: Thomas Grice gets his first road win since February 17th and Sam Gagne gets his 500th career point today. Locked on Red Wings. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty also hosts over at Lockdown Tigers. T-minus one day, Scotty, until you are back in season.
1: I can't wait, baby. I cannot wait. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I'll be there Friday, too. It's going to be going to be a fun time. I'm still waiting for my invite to come in the mail. I don't know what's going on. Like, is you, I know the USPS I mean, if you want it, slow, we can but... talk after if you want it. Like... <laughs> no, but the Pistons have their home finale that day. So, you know, well, I'll be. Well, then I don't know why you're complaining to me. I just want to give you crap. I love this. <laughs> um, Red Wings, dude. Back to back wins on Back-to-back Back-to-back. back to back. nights. we were so excited over the Boston win. Prior last night, we forgot to preview this game altogether. Like, we finished, and we were like, we oh, crap, we forgot to talk about Winnipeg. Well, Winnipeg came, Winnipeg went, and the Red Wings snuck away with a 3-1 win. And uh, unlike the game against Boston, where Boston pretty much dominated the entire game, had 50 shots on net, but the Red Wings, like, Nadelkovic stood on his head, and then they were able to capitalize on their chances. This was actually a very even game. Probably the most even game we've seen in quite a while out of the Red Wings and... Well, I don't know about the Jets, but out of the Red Wings at the very least, uh, they got dominated in the first period. And then second and third period, they kind of swiped momentum back, had a very nice third period to finish things off. It was just a really solid Red Wings game. And I've said it time and time again, Scotty. I think we're just at this point in the season now where you get a win. You're not going to complain about it. You enjoy it when it comes. And it was a good game tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been... We've had this conversation plenty of times. I'm I'm totally down with winning as much as possible from here on out. Not uh, don't need the the tank for an extra percent or percent and a half or whatever in the lotto. I'm good. Uh, I'm good with winning at this point in the rebuild. And I think going into the final stretch of the season and getting two wins against two teams fighting for playoff spots and or position is uh, is a uh, something to hang your hat on. And I I think that's very beneficial to the players, and uh, I'm I'm pretty pumped about it.
0: Well, and I'm pretty sure somebody on this podcast a couple days ago said that uh, you know the Red Wings tend to you know play close with better teams, and then they got they snuck uh, two wins against playoff uh, playoff caliber teams. I don't know who it was. It was one of us. I I can't remember who it was. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, yeah, it was you. It was was Scotty. No, if you don't
1: remember, I'll take credit.
0: (laughs) But in all seriousness, though. Uh, Thomas Grice had his first road win since that phenomenal Rangers game back in February, February 17th. When he played uh, his kids. When he played his kids. Uh, and it was just a good to see. Like, I don't really have much insight on Thomas Grice at this point. I mean, he's going to play the rest of his contract out here those last few weeks of the season, and then he's probably going to be a UFA. I don't really see um, a need to re-sign him as backup. I think there's going to be better backups on the on the market. But for what it's worth, he had a hell of a game today. And, you know, he faced qual- like a I think 12 all strengths considered, uh, 12 high danger shot attempts. I think that's a higher percentage, percentage-wise than what Nedeljkovic faced last night, two nights ago, by the time you're listening to this, against the Bruins. And he came up big. And he had just had a great game all the way around. And it's just nice to see. Yeah, no, I mean, he looked he looked fantastic, he, he was
1: fantastic, obviously, right? I mean, in a in a in a season and I guess a, a month and a half, two month stretch in which we've consistently given up five plus, to have your backup go out there and put up a you know, hang a one piece is pretty damn nice. It's pretty refreshing. So uh he he obviously deserves a ton of credit. I, I agree with you. I don't think he's part of a uh a long term plan any longer than game eighty two this year. I do I totally understood bringing him back last year. I think that that was the the correct move. yeah right. I, mean, I, why I, not? I think bringing him back last year was smart. Um, but yeah, I think the the course is probably he, this is his tenure here has probably run its course. but regardless, tonight he he was fantastic. Last night, as you're listening to this, he was fantastic, and um he deserves a ton of credit, and I think the defense was slightly better too. Uh, which certainly helps a little bit, but it definitely wasn't good enough to be like, oh well, anybody could have been in that. Like he, you know, still had a great game. Thomas Grice was fantastic.
0: Well, and for what it's worth, too. I mean, this is a, a one of those weird games where you know Cider actually didn't look that strong in front of him either. I mean, if you look at hockey stat card, Cider uh, had the worst, second to worst impact in this game at uh, over. Negative one goal impact in this game when you combine his offense and his defense, de Kaiser being the only one who is worse than Moritz Sider in this game. So it's a weird game where like the guy you've been depending on all season didn't really have a positive impact for once. And obviously, you know, he's human. Sider's human. He's not going to be have a great game every single game. He's been great all season. I'm not trying to rag on him. But what I'm saying is, despite that, despite the fact that Moritz Sider and of course Danny de Kaiser. Had you know, lackluster games. Grice was able to stand tall. He still made thirty-two saves. He was, how, he was great. Uh, how many games do you think Thomas Grice
1: plays the remainder of the season? Was there like twelve games
0: left? Eleven games left? I don't really know. Off the top yeah, of yeah, it's just over ten. Yeah. It would really depend. I mean, I assume he'll get one or two in there, maybe three. Um, I'd have to look at their schedule here. Give me one second. But I get like
1: back to backs matter for sure. yeah that,
0: that's why I was gonna say because if there's back to backs then that's gonna have a huge impact on how many starts he gets because he's healthy again so yeah go ahead and throw him out there for back to backs you're not fighting for anything so you got
1: you don't this need to Saturday, overwork Ned but at the same
0: time like I
1: would be totally fine if Ned just played the season out
0: oh yeah so you're gonna have you're gonna have quite a week near the end of the season that's actually yeah he might actually get quite a few starts. Because there's going to be a game, there's a game, the 12th, two days later, 14th, two days later, 16th, then 17th, and two days later, 19th. Yeah, so it's like every other day to finish the season starting on the 12th. So he's going to get probably, I wouldn't say maybe like a quarter of those starts. I mean, you, say say maybe throw, you could just throw a Grice in,
1: a Grice started in the middle of that and just call it a day in my eyes.
0: Yeah, but like you said, I don't want to overwork and overtax Alex Nedeljkovic. And at this point in the season, overwork you're not really for playing what? for anything. The either. season's about to end. Yeah, overwork but work him for the off season. Why do you want to risk injury to your starter goaltender? No, obviously,
1: no, obviously, I don't want to hurt him. But I mean, what are we? What What are we? We're not overworking for like, oh well, he's going to get really tired for the remainder of the season. And by that point, there's four games left. Like, I,
0: I, I am okay with mitigating his workload because there's really a point to you're kind of getting to this point. I don't know. Maybe it's a tank mentality. I mean, the Pistons are doing it right now where they're benching a bunch of players, but you know why put your better option out there when you're not going to make the playoffs. You can put Grice out there. Possibly have a frustrating game, but have a better opportunity to win while also keeping Nedeljkovic healthy for next season. You know, don't risk sure, that obviously. Injury. I don't want to risk an injury. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I, nobody wants that. Um, like I, I agree with you, but I also disagree with you in a certain respect. You know what I mean? Sure. Kind of like enough. on the fence. That's, there, I feel like that's peop- most people's motto with whenever I speak. So, <laughs> but yeah, hey, he had a good game. That's about. He that's, that's, that's No, the, he he did. A, he did look really good. He looked like he was playing the Rangers tonight. Yeah, he did uh thirty what was I what did I say thirty-two saves. He was he was very good. Um Chris Kulo got his second career assist. I want to throw a little little his name out there. Kulo baby Give a little credit. Because he doesn't get a lot of calls up to the National Hockey League. So it's nice to see that he got an apple on one of those goals. I think it was the right Michael Rasmussen goal, who we'll talk about in the second in the second segment. He's been on a bit of a heater. Been on a, a bit of a heater. Um but first, got to talk to you guys today about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the, of the latest sports developments, including this week's Master Championship. Odds, podcasts, interviews for all the different leagues this season. Does Tiger make the cut, Scotty?
1: The cut for the Masters or the cut mm. for Sunday? Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: He's, he, a Tiger, yeah.
0: We, we don't doubt Tiger here. Uh, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today to use or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline. BetOnline. Where the game starts. Let's talk about Michael Rasmussen now, Scotty. I hey, um,
1: forgot to do the thing.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot to throw the thing out.
1: It's Seems all right. It's, it's not, it's not
0: as right. big of a thing with BetOnline, I feel like, but... Everyone knows bet online Bet Online's great. everyone knows about this point, yeah everybody knows bet online um
1: we've been doing a lot of bet online stuff over at Tigers like they're releasing all their season odds and stuff.
0: yeah, I mean, what is this I heard? I don 't want to derail the conversation, but I saw something on Twitter today saying the Tigers would come second to last, like that's projected from Fangrafts or something like seventy three wins
1: yeah, Fangrafts
0: cool. has a formula that they do um.
1: It's called Zips. Uh, I think it's absolute garbage. I uh, for individual players and for teams. I've always thought that it's garbage. Uh, but yeah, they have the Tigers at seventy three and eighty nine. Isn't that a regression from last year? That would be getting four wins worse. That would be that would yes, that would be four games worse after adding Erod, Baez, Barnhart, Meadows, Torkelson, and Green.
0: Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. No, makes it zero sense. It doesn't. So, okay, I, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy because you're, you know, yeah. you're the baseball guy here. No, the fan, yeah,
1: zips, fan graphs,
0: great, zips, horrid. So, Michael Rasmussen, Scotty, in his Not last Michael five games, has four goals. He's, so he's on a little bit of a heater here. He's got 23 points, which is a career high for him in his 69 games played, 12 goals, 11 assists. He's a bottom six forward, so point production isn't what you are going to expect to see from him. Um, But it's not really the topic of the conversation. It more or less just brought him up. You know, he's on this little bit of a heater. He's on a bit of a goal-scoring streak, which is nice to see from a bottom six forward, primarily used for penalty killing. But is this, like, is this seeing, watching him as is this his confidence slowly building to the point where he can become a piece of the future? And I, I, I saw this on Twitter too, and it it, it brings up a good point because Michael Rasmussen, he's got such a large frame and he is such a, he is a smart defensive forward, but for a long time it just felt like something wasn't clicking for him. And for a ninth overall pick, you'd expect something almost more than that. It feels as if, A lot of the fan base had almost given up or is overlooking Michael Rasmussen, but he is young enough and with enough size. And I'm not saying he's a skilled player, but enough skill in his arsenal, given what he is, that he can be an effective bottom six forward on a contending Red Wings team, I feel. And now we're seeing the way he is last five games. And again, he's hot right now, and I understand he'll cool off. We have seen in the last few games that he ha- like has this ability to play both defensively very strong and produce a little bit of offense. Is this the beginning of Michael Rasmussen's renaissance? The Rasmussen Renaissance goes hard
1: as a name. I just want to start off with that. I think that's objectively like, Rasmussen Renaissance. Yeah, like that's like really cold. Like I I really like that a lot. That should be like. There should be somebody's Twitter name should be at (laughs) Rasmussen at Rasmussen Renaissance season, um. But yeah, I just like that's such a sick name. Um, That being said, I I'm I'm not gonna put any stock into Rasmussen anymore. I think anything we get out of him is a plus, and we and be like okay cool like that's you know extra credit on a test like cool that's cherry on top you know what I mean but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna study for it like I'm not like I'm not it's not the material I'm studying for like I'm gonna focus on the actual core and if we get anything out of him that's fantastic and if he can be a 4C for a contending team beautiful that that would help us a ton but I'm not gonna hang my hat on it or, or predict that it's going to be the future or assume is what I'm trying to think. Uh, the word that I was trying to think of, I'm not going to assume that he is going to become that either. Like i and anything, anything is something I guess from here on out with him. And he has the size to be a, you know, bottom line center to kind of bang around a little bit, play some decent defense. He's got a good shot for how big he is. Like the, there is, you know, he, he was a first-round pick. Like, he has the intangibles yeah. to be something, but um, I'm not going to – like, when I'm drawing up a, a game plan or a blue blueprint of the future of this team, I'm not etching in Rasmussen as part of, like, the core or, you know, the 4C going forward
0: or anything like that either. I, I don't know. He's young enough that I, I... – Look with optimism, and that might be just like the Red Wings fan bias in me. I internally kind of constantly root for Rasmussen to figure it out and find his core on this team, find his piece on this team where he'll he'll fit in. And I do see a future going forward, a path for him where he is, a consistent fourth-line center. Um, I remember when he got drafted, a lot of people were scratching their heads, like, why would you take this big guy? He's not really known for his hands or his speed. At ninth overall, and a lot of the re- a lot of the reasoning Ken Holland used at the time, because it was a Ken Holland pick, was like he's a big guy you can use on the power play down low. He was basically trying to replace Thomas Holmstrom, and you saw that. And this is his third season with the Red Wings, and his power play time in his first season was the most it's been his entire career, which would have has a huge exp- uh, a huge effect on your possession metrics when you get a lot of power play time versus penalty kill time. But in his first two seasons, Michael Rasmussen, in all strengths considered, was a positive possession metrics guy. He had expected goals for percentage in 2018-2019 of 51.77. In 2020-2021, he had a 50.42. And that's with 62 games played and 40 games played. And in both those seasons, he got significant power play time. This season, his power play time has shrunk and his penalty kill time has grown. It's almost like they're trying to utilize his his defensive capabilities and his size on a more defensive role, but his expected goals for percentage has dropped drastically. And part of that is just in general, he's having a down year. I can't, you can't deny that. Despite having more point production, when it comes to on ice puck possession, whenever he's on the ice, the team isn't doing nearly as much. This year he's got a 42.8. That's an 8% drop to scoring attempts, quality scoring, quality shooting attempts. I'll get it right one of these times. (laughs) Quality shooting attempts when he is on the ice. A 42. So when he is on the ice, the Red Wings only produce 42% of the quality shot attempts between the two teams. Whereas in the past, it's been over 50%. Just by a hair, but over 50%. He's been struggling to help contribute to scoring attempts. Now he's gotten, again... He has a new season high in point totals this season, but that doesn't necessarily reflect what the intangibles he is doing to help contribute to scoring chances for the rest of his teammates. Do you think anything for his future or for his
1: production currently, anything has to do with the difference between him playing at center versus wing, or do you think it's all kind of mute?
0: I mean, I think
1: the team would benefit a lot more if he was a center. I I mean, like center depth is obviously a huge need and we have wingers pouring out of places we don't want them. So like, obviously it would be more beneficial if he could be, you know, a 4C going forward. He just Um,
0: doesn't really, his hands aren't horrible. Like I've for 4C, he's got decent hands. It's just his speed. And a lot of big guys struggle problem, with this. And it was a problem yeah. when they drafted him. They brought it up at that which time. Which is why
1: people were confused that he was a top 10 yeah. pick. Yes.
0: Because for a center, he's not at very agile. If he could up his agility, which it looks like he's been working on, and you can see he's a little bit more agile. That's probably why part of the reason he why has some games. I mean, there's
1: been some moments within games where everybody's like, whoa.
0: Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> where did Where'd that come from? It's
1: not consistent at all.
0: Well, I remember last year, too, when Larkin got hurt, he actually got reps at one seat because the team was so down and out on centers. They had no center depth. That a problem, was your not first as bad as center. last
1: year. At Least we forget, yeah.
0: And despite getting years first years. center minutes, he still had an expected goals for percentage of 50 last season in a team that was markably worse. Yes. So... He has the potential to be a solid center again, a bottom six center on a contending team. But that's where you want a guy of his size, of his caliber. That even if that's just his ceiling, with how he's playing now, you're seeing that upside. You're seeing that this is the Michael Rasmussen that Ken Holland saw when he drafted him ninth overall, which is kind of sad that he well, drafted him. Ninth I don't know overall if your... sees that version, yeah. but yeah, sure, true. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair comment to make. No, um, no, no, but, no, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't mean to attack you. I was
1: going after. No, Kevin. no, yes, no, no. You're right. I, you're I agree. Right
0: I agree with what you're saying, though. And so it's just, I, I guess, at the end of this monologue, I'm just saying, Michael Rasmussen has been really good lately, and this is the level. I mean, I don't expect him to score four in four out of every five games the rest of his career, but this amount of production off the puck and on the puck that we've seen from him these last few games last couple weeks this is the michael rasmussen we need in the bottom six if this team is going to contend absolutely yeah absolutely on that note let's transition here i want to pull up the hockey stat card to just show how effective he was in this game (laughs) because he was real damn good most effective player on the team most effective player on the team and one of, I think he was the only player in tonight's game that had 100% positive impact. He contributed to almost two goals four in this oh, game. Yeah. He doesn't have With any no part of the yet. game and the negative. Yeah, his total impact in this game was 1.93 goals four. That's how good he was. He, is Joe, Gagne two? No, Gagne is not two. Gagne is fourth on the list. He's right here. Oh, okay. Huge individual impact, which is why it. he's Gagne so high. the
1: second-highest individual, but the fourth-highest overall.
0: Yeah, Got he it. actually contributed negatively, offensively, and defensively, but two goals for, one of them being a shorthanded, will uh, kind pump of your, pump your stats up there individually. Yeah, a little bit. That's a one of the bit. things I like about this hockey stat card thing, too, that it, it separates the individual impact from the offensive and defensive impact. Like, if you scored a goal, that's considered individual. doesn't mean you helped offensively it means that you had a good individual impact because he had a shorthanded goal thanks to a great individual effort from Dylan Larkin. And then he had the empty net goal. So that's why Sam Gagne is so high,
1: but right. Rasmus, man,
0: he had a great game. Yeah. did,
1: um, man. And, and look like, I mean, we talk so much about the impact defensively of these guys and, and the forwards, you know, holding their weight and, and pushing their weight defensively as well, because we, you know, we, we rightfully give a lot of heat to the defense, uh, I mean being even just being any positive <laughs> anything above zero defensively for anybody on this team is a win at this point.
0: Yeah. So, Let's see if I can actually zoom in on this so that it's easier to see for the viewer at home. That but, is significantly better. That's what I'm here for. Just just occurred to me, big brain moment. Um yeah, so Sam Gagne of course got his 50th career point on that shorthanded goal. From Dylan Larkin, um, but yeah, I, I, it's great for Gagne, and I love Gagne as one of those veteran leaders in the locker room. Great depth, center slash winger wherever you need him. Um, just great, great band aid player for a rebuilding team. Great Locker room leadership, you know the the Good intangibles people love.
1: Yeah, he's got he's, he's like got,
0: he's got that that uh, that dog in him. He's that off. He's the offenses version of Mark Stahl, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean. Good for him. Good for him on the 500th career point. Yeah, man. Good for him. first.
1: Good on him. Big up.
0: Um, as you saw at the hockey stack card, you know, he didn't really contribute on the game that much despite scoring two goals. But Dylan Larkin, that's the real dog. That is the two, dog. Two more assists in this game. I think that brings his career or his uh, season total. Oh, boy. Let me see if I can get back. So Dylan Larkin is a hockey player. And um, – So far, so it lists him as 67 points in 66 games. I don't think that's correct, Scotty, because I don't think it's updated. So I believe he is at 68 points in 67 games. 69 points in 67 games, rather. He had another great game. 69 points. Oh, okay. Nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Dylan Larkin just continues to impress. We talked about it last night, but, you know, even when he wasn't on a heater he was he's still an effective player. He's been an effective player all season long. Even though he was hot most of the season, kind of cooled off lately. Seems like he's getting back on a little bit of a heater, accru- accru- accruing rather, accruing points left and right. I just can't say enough good things about D-Boss, man. Dylan larkin. I, I It's just the dog. Love him, man.
1: It's the dog. No, I mean like Look, man, we we talked about it earlier this week. Yesterday, 2 days ago, I don't really remember. Um, but we we talked about the fact that him having the season that he is having is significant for this team and might be one of the most important things for the wings going forward so it's awesome to see him do it and if he can go on a little bit of a heater and get you know whatever go go a point and a half or or two points a game for the remainder of the season just for fun just to add to those
0: totals I mean why not yeah I mean he's not if he stays a point per game he's going to finish what 77, 78 points. Cause he missed some time early in the season yeah. due to personal reasons. I mean, this is just, it, he's, he's what we've been missing. man. he is that he's the piece. He's that he's that core. He's the guy they're building the team around. And I, I just absolutely love it. Even if he's not the one C going for, there's nothing wrong with having a core, your captain being the second line center. I talked about it last night. Like I almost, I almost love that more to a degree. Like obviously having a superstar captain is amazing. But having, like, a rock, a player who can do both sides of the ice so well, it almost feels like that's the, I'm the leader in the locker room, but also leader on the ice, because I'm going to do it all for you. It's great having a captain like Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews, and I'm never going to say otherwise, who can just put up a miraculous amount of points, miraculous amount of points, but both those guys get scrutinized for their lack of defensive play. Dylan Larkin is the dog. Like, he got to see because he's matured a lot in the locker room, The teammates respect him and he's not afraid to do it all on the ice. I just, I love that about Larkin. I love that so much about him. I was down on him last year, but this year has proved me completely wrong. Every little doubt I had about Larkin has been cast out the window and he just continues to perform. Uh, uh,
1: Maybe it's selfish just because, like, I want to see it happen. I want him to be 1C when we win Lord's Day. Oh, me too. I don't care. Me too. Like, I I want him to be 1C with a C on his sweater. When when Stanley gets raised above his head, I want him to be the first person out there to hoist it. I want I want him to 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 to, to not h- touch the conference trophy. Like I, I want it all, baby. Like I want I want everything that comes with him being captain and one C. Like I, I don't. And again, if we get a, a player who is better than Dylan Larkin, like enough to where. Larkin it has to move down to two C. Obviously, we're going to take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But I would really like
0: to find a path to where Larkin can just be one C in a weekend. I mean, it. if he keeps producing at the rate he does, he's going he's gonna to create no, his exactly. own.
1: Exactly. And th- this I season, was, I think, changed a lot of
0: narratives going forward for this team and for Larkin individually. It changed my narrative on him. I mean, after last season, and I'll own up to it, I've owned up, owned up to it before. I was one of the guys, like, he's a second line center on most teams. But this season, he's gone out there and just dashed away. And I always knew he was good defensively. We saw that last year, but his shooting percentage was so paltry that I was like, he's a second-line center. He's not He's not any better than that. This season, he's gone out there almost like he knew the narrative the media was spewing out, and he's just like, I'm going to prove you wrong. people like you, Brian. People like me. He's got 30 <laughs> goals on the season for the second time in his career, and he's on pace to shatter his career best. I mean, he's just been the complete package all season long. And I was saying, you know, even if – I was saying second-line center as a worst-case scenario. By no means do I want that. I'm just saying that, you know, if he's a second-line center contending team, that's not a bad d- deal either because that just means you have somebody on first line who's even greater. Right, exactly. So, yeah. Any final thoughts on this game? Anything we miss? Um, Shout out uh, Lindstrom
1: for taking one oh, yeah. the, uh, to the kisser and still just <laughs> getting, getting pressed up on the bench for a little bit then going back out on the ice. He's got that dog in him. That's uh that's that's uh that's a hell of a move. So shout out to to him. Um but no, I mean good win, man. I I I like beating playoff teams. I think again, if we can end the season with a couple of wins against this really tough end of the season that we have, I think that's good for the team. I think it's good for the fan base. I think it's healthy for the for the young kids. I think it's good for the organization. I don't see anything wrong with winning as many games as possible from here on out.
0: No, I completely agree. Um, I also you know what I do want to give a shout out to Jack Wallman. Um hmm. I just closed out of the hockey stack cards tab, but if you saw it, he I think he had a third best, second or third best there, hockey. Yeah. Um he he playing unsheltered minutes with Detroit, his offensive defensive style has shined. I think he had a breakaway in this game at one point or a one-on-one. Something insane. Like he just Obviously, you need to be able to play both sides of the ice, but some players are just offensive style defensemen. He jumps up in the play from the blue line. He's got a wicked slap shot. He continues to impress me. And that's exactly what I was excited for when they traded for um, Wallman. I was like, I'm kind of excited about this guy. I mean, his, his little his micro analytics look really good. i playing sheltered minutes. He's going to get more opportunity. He could be a, a real asset. Still has yet to get his first career goal uh, with the Red Wings, but... He has looked really good on the offensive side of the pocket. I'm just really pumped to see if he can continue to develop. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Scotty. It's that time. Let's do it.
1: You think Let's it's going to it. 50 this time? Hopefully not. Over, under 25.
0: Um, the under. The answer is over. Move down to 10. That's one. Two at nine. Three nine four nine five ten six nine <laughs> seven nine eight nine I'm a child, I'm sorry. Ten ten. Why I say what I say, six nine <laughs> You're ridiculous. Eleven nine twelve nine
1: objectively hilarious
0: thirteen nine fourteen ten. Fourteen ten. 15-11. I didn't even know you could drop down that far. Oh, Yay! 16. 16 tries. Looks like I won the bet. What, what do I win? You win absolutely nothing. Oh. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Sucks. Buffalo moved up six spots in this one, too. Because that's all they need is another top three pick. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be good. I can't wait to see them waste that time. Yeah, right. Can't wait for that, <laughs> that dude's career to be done so. Yeah, and then he leaves Buffalo and hates it and just is outwardly <laughs> angry about it. When's Rasmus Dalene leaving? Got to make room for Owen Powers.
1: Right, yeah. Probably within the
0: next two. Yeah. This team's not going anywhere. i wasted way. nine years
1: of my career. The Buffalo
0: way. The Buffalo think way. I
1: could, you think I could pull off just like doing this? Just like holding Didn't my Nolan mic?
0: Didn't Nolan used to do that? Didn't he used to hold his mic?
1: uh i don't think so Not with not since me at least yeah i'm just like can do you think i could pull this off
0: like hey well blah, blah, blah. i mean if you held it close to your mouth then yeah sure am i yeah i know you're oh, so good okay. there all right but could you can do that
1: all episode i don't know if i'd have the i talk with my hands too much i don't know if i have the wherewithal the to... big word i'm a writer baby
0: There it is. All right. Um, On that note, thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now make your second listen Locked Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available. Free free and available. Wow. Wherever you get your podcast. Big word. I'm not a writer. Um, We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. as We will preview this weekend's games. Same time, same place, see your team every day. Every day.